0: Welcome to Life Source Church. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. Today you're going to hear a message from Pastor Walt that we hope encourages you. Good morning. Good to see you. Um, we are have our first snowstorm of the year coming. So how many of you did like I did yesterday? You went around trying to get everything ready for the first. No, right? Out in the backyard, getting those things picked up, moved, put away, making sure you had what you need, all that kind of stuff. You know, a, a few days ago, that was not my plan for yesterday. My plan for yesterday was that we should have probably survived the 27 people that were at our house for Thanksgiving. And all the kids, the grandkids would have gone home and been nice and quiet. And that did happen, but I had to do all this other stuff as well. But the reason I did is because it was something that was important. Something that was important, and it changed what I did with my life. It changed my schedule. It changed what was at the top of my priority list because it was important. Now, What's important to us is sometimes kind of funny uh, because how many of you would say that watching the Patriots play is important to you? Okay, a bunch of us, yeah. And a lot of you aren't admitting it. But what I've noticed is if we have rehearsals that uh, conflict with the Patriots game, they don't change the game. We change the rehearsal time. And we plan meetings around those things. Uh, Yeah. So the idea is, but what is the, it really important to us in life affects what we do. It affects the choices that we make. And so I got a question for you that, that runs two directions here today. And the, the question is this. What is important enough to you that you would give your life for it? What is so important to you that you would be willing to give your life for it? And by that I mean two directions. One that you would be willing to die for. Now in our country we don't have a lot of in our face kind of experience with that. But there are lots of parts of the world today where people are still making those kinds of choices. So what would you be willing to give your life for to die for? And maybe the harder question is what would you give your life to live for? In other words, you're going to live today, tonight, tomorrow, the next day, each day forward is going to be governed by this thing that is so important to you that you are giving your life for it. What is there in your life that you would do that for? Well, we have come to the final sermon in this series, the mission As we've been looking at Paul's uh, journeys, the three missionary journeys that he did and the things that uh, are important, the framework for missions, the gospel, the the spiritual nature of it and how important it is that we continue with it. And um, today, we want to uh, just bring this all kind of to a close for us here and take away this idea of what is so important that we should give our lives for it. Now, as we've looked at these uh, uh, missionary journeys and the different sermons, we have had, each week we've had action steps that we've talked about that we need to take. And what I've done here is kind of summarize these and and, uh, reorganize them for this morning. But here's the first one, is you need to live the mission in your own life. You need to live the mission in your own life, right? And what is the mission? What is the mission? Why don't you read, you guys read that with me over here on the wall? Ready to read it with me? Go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them. Teach them to observe all the commands I have given you. So we need to live that mission in our own lives. As we go out into the world each day, we need to be out there carrying out this mission. With a mindset for that, with our hearts Set on it And so this means that These three things We need to learn How to share the gospel And then do it And we actually gave you Some ways to do that Gave you an app That will really help you To learn the gospel Be able to share it And then purposefully Look for ways to meet And connect with more Unsaved people Because the reality is In our lives You know we've talked To most of the people We know at some point And But the mission doesn't end Because I've talked To the people I know Right So I say God Would you lead me To some other people Bring some other people into my life. And then be actively involved in the life of your church. And that is so important because we, you know, the picture, I man, we saw that missions is we go, go out, right? And then we come back. We come back together. And we need each other. We need to be encouraging each other in this mission. We need to be challenging one another in this mission. We need to be uh, helping each other to live the life that God wants us to live so that we might be effective for him in the mission. And we need a place that we can bring back the people we reach, right? Bring them back. So it's really important that we be actively involved in our church. So live the mission in your life. Now, do you remember we saw in Acts chapter 1, And that in the King James Version, the way it was translated was that Jesus says, You shall be witness to me both in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and the ends of the world. And this idea of both, what was the point? Well, what that means is at the same time. At the same time. Okay? Both of these things going on. We don't just live out the mission in our own life and then maybe if we get to it, the rest of the world. No, we need to be concerned about how do we reach the rest of the world right now from where we are. And so this brings us to the second set of action steps where you need to give missions around the world an ongoing role in your life. It needs to be part of your life. Ask God to call missionaries from our church. We've had some of that happen, right? But wouldn't that be exciting for someone to come and say, you know, God is leading me to go so we need to ask that. Start or continue giving and praying to support missionaries who preach the gospel. We, we've talked several times about that, that we need to financially support these missionaries. We need to help to send them. And certainly we need to be praying for them. And then build and maintain genuine relationships with our missionaries. We keep them uh, before you, and, and you pay attention to that, you focus on it, you pray for these missionaries, you get to know them. When they come through, you connect with them. Um, Because the reality is, is that you and I will pray for and support more missionaries that we feel like we know than somebody we don't have a clue who they are, all right? And so we're going to try to help you with that. All right, and then finally this, one point, consider going as a missionary yourself. Okay, I just, I know I've gone way beyond, right? You need to consider going as a missionary yourself. Uh, the reality is, is that Because I know the thoughts Oh yeah right No I can't do that I couldn't do that Let me tell you I don't care how old you are today I don't care what your background I don't care what your circumstances in life are You need to say to God At some point Sooner rather than later To say God I am willing to do whatever you want me to do I am willing to go uh, you know, I might be scared to death. I don't know how in the world, work, but I am willing. You make that clear to me, God, that's what you want me to do. I will go. I will do it. And then you follow his leading. But if you've never made that commitment, right, you haven't gone where you need to go yet. You really need to consider that before God. And so then today, our final sermon is called Going All In on the Mission. Let's take our Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 20. So we look at this thing that was so important in Paul's life that it affected all of his plans, all of his desires. Acts chapter 20 um, So um, there's a funny story here in this chapter that we're not going to look at. Sometimes I, I talk to you and sometimes I, I, I sort of try to have a target length of time that I preach and, and I consistently preach longer than that. It's not my intent, okay, but it happens and so I get concerned about that sometimes because I want you know, to make it easy for you to continue to stay focused and pay attention. And I understand how that goes. Um, but there's a story here in Acts 20 which just really encourages me, makes me feel better about myself and my preaching. Uh, it says that the Apostle Paul was in Troas and he was preaching and they were in upper room and it was dark and night and Paul kept preaching and he went all the way to midnight. Well, I've never done that to you, Okay. Uh, second thing is there was a young man sitting in a window up there, and, and he fell asleep. Now, I've had people fall asleep when I'm preaching. You think I don't see you. See, here's the thing. You know, you're, 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 you know, it looks like you're looking at your Bible, right? And I look up, and all of a sudden you go. And I know. OK, so but Paul preached, someone fell asleep. So I've had experience, but this guy fell out of the window and died. As far as I know, no one has ever died from my preaching yet. OK, but Paul he went down and, and, and God used him to raise this young man from the dead. Great miracle. They came back up and after that they ate some more. And it says he continued till dawn. So if I go a few minutes long, just bear with me. All right. I'm not going to do that to you. Well, let's pick up in, chat, in verse number 17 of Acts 20. If you don't have a Bible with you, there should be one in the chairs there in front of you. It be starting on page 1281. It says, from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus and called for the elders of the church. And when they had come to him, he said to them, you know, from the first day that I came to Asia, in what manner I always lived among you serving the Lord with all humility, with many tears and trials, which happened to me by the plotting of the Jews. How I kept back nothing that was helpful, but proclaimed it to you and taught you publicly and from house to house, testifying to Jews and also to Greeks, so basically everyone, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. And see, now I go bound in the spirit to Jerusalem, Not knowing the things that will happen to me there, except that the Holy Spirit testifies in every city, saying that chains and tribulations await me. But none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself so that I may finish my race with joy. And the ministry which I receive from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. And indeed, now I know that you all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, will see my face no more. Therefore, I testify to you this day that I am innocent of the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare to you the whole counsel of God. Therefore, take heed to yourselves and to all the flock among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. For I know this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among, your own, among yourselves men will rise up, speaking perverse things to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So now brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. I have coveted no one's silver or gold or apparel. Yes, you yourselves know that these hands have provided for my necessities and for those who are with me. I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak. And remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And when he had said these things, he knelt down and prayed with them all. Then they all wept freely and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him, sorrowing most of all for the words which he spoke. That they would see his face no more. And they accompanied him to the ship. Father thank you for your word. I pray as we consider what it means for us today Lord in our lives. How it applies that you would speak to us. You would show us help us to understand. You'd stir our hearts. Draw us to yourself and to your your plans and purposes for us. And I pray that we will determine right now if we haven't already Lord. That we're going to say yes to you about whatever you would speak to us here today. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Now, as we read these uh, words here, it is um, important for us to understand that all of this is written in the context of the mission. Now, the Apostle Paul doesn't say the mission, the mission, the mission, the mission, but he doesn't have to because he was living the mission, the mission, the mission, okay? So that is the context, and he's, this is coming down to the very end of that third journey, and he's on his way, he's gonna be headed for Jerusalem and all that God has for him yet to come. And so the context of then again, is, is sort of drawing this mission to a, a close as far as the role he had been playing in it and entrusting this then to those he had reached. And so as we look at this here today, the first Section 1 C, there's very, very simple things when it comes to the mission. And the first one is this, we already talked about it, but go reach the lost with the gospel. Simple statement, isn't it, right? And, and, and we know this is what, we're, look what Paul says. He, in verse 18, he says, you know, you know how I always lived my life, Verse 19, tears and trials and plots against him. You know, he endured the troubles and the tribulations to get the gospel out. In verse 20, he says, I told you everything I knew to tell you, and I did it in public, and I did it in private, because I have to get the gospel out. And so this mission that we're on, we must go reach the lost with the gospel. And this isn't about just waiting for them to come to us. By the way, what I have discovered in life, uh, that sounds like a really huge thing and it isn't that big. What I have learned is that when I get serious about going and reaching the lost, in other words, as I go out into my day with an awareness, God, who do you want me to talk to, whatever, that more often than not, he provides opportunities. But what I've discovered is that there are times when I've, I've done that, it's like no opportunities seem to come. And then all of a sudden, someone calls me or someone, Comes to me. And, and so God will bring the people to us. But here's the message that we have to get to. Verse 21. Testifying to Jews and also to Greeks. Repentance toward God. And faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. So two aspects of this idea of the gospel. Repentance toward God. And faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And really these kind of things I think. In in our experience, they're very much intertwined. It isn't that I have to do some big act of repentance. Oh, I've repented. Okay, I finally repented, and now I need to turn to the Lord. By the way, it's not going to happen. Those things are meshed together. But there is this sense in which for a person to come to know the Lord, there has to be a turning toward God, doesn't there? And a turning toward God implies that I am turning away from other things. I'm turning away to the, from, I mean, my life, you know, when I realized I had sinned against a holy God and that I deserved, I looked at that and I thought, that's not what I want. You know, God was working in, in my heart and mind. And so I, I want to turn to the Lord in that also the reality is 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 we look at that and we think well if I do this religious practice or do these good deeds this somehow some way right that's that I look and say what's the Bible tell me about that Mm. by the works of law what nobody will be justified nothing we can do not of works scripture very clearly says And so I'm turning away from my own works, my own abilities, my own approach to life. It hasn't worked. And I'm turning to God. Now, the reality is, is that a person, I mean, I'm describing this, you know, in very, uh, hopefully very clear terms and how we think about our lives. You don't have to have this whole thought process. But what I am describing to you is what happens in your heart and mind. Because it's a, I'm turning away. From this, toward God, and then the the other part of this is I am now placing my faith in Christ. All the things that I thought maybe I could do to fix it can't fix it. Only what Jesus did for me on the cross can fix it. And so, sometimes I feel like, as I as I start to explain the gospel again. I look out across here, and, and most of the time, it's all of us the same people. And so sometimes I, you know, how oh, do I really share it again? But I do. I do need to share it again. We need to remember it. Those of us who've known Jesus for years, we need to remember it, and we need to be reminded of and think about it. We can take it to others. But you know, it's it's not surprising that w- it wouldn't surprise me at all if we have people here who have been Christians for years. Who haven't ever really come to that place where they have turned away and placed their faith in Christ. And so they need to hear it again. And we have folks that are watching and listening. They need to hear it again. And so this is the idea we have to go to the loss of the gospel. And so we we explain, right, that that we've all sinned against the Holy God and has separated us from Him. If we die in that condition, we go to hell. But God loved us so much, he sent his only son into the world, lived a perfect and sinless life. He dies on the cross, and as he hangs there, God the Father puts the penalty for my sin and your sins, and the sins of the whole world on him, and he dies there paying that penalty. Rises again from the dead, and God's message to us is if you will acknowledge your need of a Savior. This idea, right? Wow, I've messed up. God, I... And then place your faith in what Jesus did for you. Place your your faith in in Christ. And we call it receiving Christ as Savior. And the moment we do that, every sin is forgiven. Every sin, past, present, future. Every sin has been paid for. We now have eternal life. When this life ends, we go to be with the Lord. And and probably the best news for the rest of this life is that God himself moves in. He Deep down inside, he makes us a new creation, begins working on us in good ways from the inside out to bring those changes into our lives. But so, this idea with the mission, we must go reach the lost with the gospel. We gotta share this with people. And, and you don't always have that opportunity, I understand, to say those words, but we need to be ready and willing because this is one of those things that is so important that we need to arrange our lives Accordingly right? Are you with me on that? You agree with that? Yes. We need to do this. So go reach the lost with the gospel. You know, Luke's record of Jesus' final words, the great commission, and Paul's example. We see that we're to be doing this both here and around the world at the same time, being involved in those things. So go reach the lost with the gospel. And then really very simply, we we see here, we'll look through it. But second thing is this, teach those you reach. Teach those you reach. Do what? Go and make disciples and baptize them. And then what? What's it say? Teach them. them. That's right. And this idea of teaching them is, is much more than just information. It includes information. There's a lot of information you know, things that are doctrinal that we need to know and understand. There is information. But this teaching is more than that. It includes demonstration, right? We need to be demonstrating for people what is the Christian life about how do we actually live this Christian life out? They need to not just hear the words, they need to see the reality in our lives. Um, we need to help them to grow, to grow in their understanding of their relationship with God, to grow in their understanding of how do I deal with these issues in my life? Help them to understand that w- what it really means to be in Christ and how that changes everything. Help them to, to grow and change their thinking. They need to be protected. I mean, if we look over here, Let's go to in the, uh, starting with verse 25. This Paul's talking about this, you know, we're preaching the kingdom of God to you. Uh, I've declared, the, verse 27, the whole counsel of God to you. Everything that God has for you, the whole word we're teaching you. And then verse 28 talks about this idea of shepherding the flock. And, and yes, he's speaking to the elders. He's speaking to the pastors. He's speaking to the leaders of the church. But this is not something that is only for the pastors and the leaders of the church. This is something that we all do for each other. Very clear in Ephesians, uh, Philippians, Ephesians, Ephesians (laughs) chapter four, that God has given to the church pastors and teachers and their job is to equip The believers in the church so that the believers are able to do the work of the ministry that God has given us. So all of these things, this this, uh, providing the information, the demonstration, helping them to grow, providing protection for them is something that uh, needs to come organizationally uh, from the leadership into the church, but it must also happen within the church amongst yourselves. This is God's plan for us and we see this idea of protecting, that there's things that we need to be protected from and, and Paul again says, look, night and day for three years I have been talking to you about these things and teaching them includes one more crucial, crucial thing. Uh, they must come to understand that the mission is their responsibility as well. And this isn't something we, we put them in a program in, you know, three years, five years. We teach them everything. And then at the end we go, oh, by the way, we got this mission thing going on. No. We need to help those that we reach understand from early on that as they become a follower of Christ, that means they are now part of this mission, this part of going and getting the gospel with people, the, uh, helping those who who come to Christ to grow and learn and being a part of that. And, and you know what? We cannot do that effectively for these people if we are not doing it ourselves regularly. Those of you who've had kids. What did they learn the most from? The verbal instructions you gave them? Or the way you lived life in front of them? In fact, I guarantee you, they interpreted the verbal instructions in light of how you live your life. Is this really true or not? Do you really mean this or not? That's a sobering thought, isn't it? But it's the same with the people that we reach for Christ. You know, we need to be reaching them and then we need to bring them in and help them to be involved in the mission from the very beginning. It's just part of what it means to be a Christian. And it is so easy, especially in a culture like ours where we are not really persecuted. Uh, we don't have to, it's so easy for us to leave that part off and just enjoy this. We have to teach those that we reach. Look in Verse 32. In other words, we we, we cannot be lackadaisical about this in our lives. Can't be lackadaisical about our church relationship. It is crucial to the mission. But look at verse 32. He says, so now, brethren, I commend you to God, to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. God's word, what's there and God using his word is going to uh, enable you to be able to do anything that God wants you to do. Or leads you to do. But look at this. Paul reminds us something. Uh, I mean I say you got to be involved in the mission. And that means we want to do this. And we're going to do that. And we're going to all those kinds of things. But the reality is. Is that we need God to work. Right. We don't want to forget that. And we do the trunk or treat, And we have you know three four hundred people come through. And we put the gospel in their hands. And and we talk to them. and, And we have all this. That's a lot of work. And we can get focused on all this work, but we've got to remember: so wait a minute, yeah, we're doing this work. We believe what so God has led us to do, but oh, God, we need you to work. If you don't work, okay? And so Paul says, What? I commend you, I entrust you, is what that word means. I entrust you to God. We need God to work. We depend on God to work. And the second thing, I I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, to his word. We are dependent on God's word. What he tells us here is our primary tool that's gonna help us to to know all the things that we're talking about that that Jesus has left for us to learn and to live. It's in his word. We're dependent on this. Let's don't forget that. And then finally, Look at he says, he describes the word in an interesting way. He says, I commend to you, God, and to the word of his grace. For by grace are you saved through faith, right? Um, I really think that what Paul, when he describes it this way, he's talking about the word of God in light of the mission. In other words, we look to the word with an eye to the mission. We, um, when I first came to Christ back in the 70s, I know ancient history for a bunch of you, um, but the return of the Lord, prophecy and the return of the Lord was a really popular thing. And I knew people who knew I mean, did they know their Bible? They knew their Bible. They knew the prophecies inside out. They connected them. They they really understood them. And they were working on the deep things of God. But they weren't on the mission. That's not God's intent. I commend you to God. I commend you to the word. I commend you to the word of his grace. We have this message, this grace message this grace mission that we must be on always with an eye to the mission. So let me ask you a question. Which is more important, a strong, healthy, vibrant church or a church that is actively pursuing the mission of reaching the lost and making disciples? I have a hint. This is one of my trick questions. Strong, healthy church or a church that's reaching people? I'm saying to you, you can't have one without the other. You can't have either without both. Now, one time or another, you may be focusing on one or focusing on the other more. I understand that. But if you are going to reach for Christ and make disciples, you must have a strong church, right? A strong church that's healthy, that's growing, growing in our relationship with Christ, growing in our relationship with each other, growing in obedience to the Word, all these things. We must have that if we're going to succeed at, at this outward focus. But I'm telling you what, if you don't have this outward focus, what you have is a perversion of Christianity. There is no Christianity in the Bible that is not about the mission. And when we leave, but this is what I'm trying to say, this is so easy for us in our culture as a church to leave this off. I like coming to church with you. I hope you like coming to church with me, with each other. There are things that are good, things that are enjoyable, things that are helpful. You know, sometimes we don't feel like coming, we come, but it's good. But if it all becomes about us, That's then. It's not about Jesus anymore. Even if we say it is, because Jesus said, "What? Go, make disciples, teach them." Okay, it is crucial that we understand this. So, one final action step that I want to challenge you with today, challenge myself with, and as I think about this, I'm working through it in my own mind. You know how, what needs to be. Amplified in my life what needs to be out of my life what needs to start in my life what And it's an ongoing process of working on that but here here's the the You have to make a decision that's going to affect everything We talked earlier about right what's so important that you'd be willing to die for it that you'd be willing to actually live Every day for it And I am convinced that it is the mission that's what God has saved us for and what he's called us to and give us instructions to do. And so here's the decision. and it's, it's simple words to say, I'm going all in on the mission. Simple decision, sounds like, right? And some of you may have already made this decision in your life. Praise the Lord. Maybe you need to recommit it, rethink it. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm still committed to that. I believe, but I've got to rethink it in my life. So what do I mean by all in? Okay, this is, I think, maybe will help you, the the level of decision that we're talking about today. All in means fulfilling my role in Christ's mission is the most important thing in my life. And I surrender everything, including life itself, to being faithful in this. I'm going all in. Now, you say, well, (laughs) I'm a plumber. (laughs) How do I do that? Well, what you do as a plumber is you say, God, your mission is the most important thing in my life. I want to do what you want me to do, what you've called me to do, what you lead me to do. And, And at this point in my life, you have given me this role. I am a plumber. How do I do this, God? And you go out and be a plumber the way God wants you to be a plumber always with an eye to the mission and it's not something separate it becomes part of the way god has you doing the mission i'm a salesman same thing i'm an artist same thing i'm a musician same thing i'm a teacher same right how does a teacher who is on the mission with god live their lives is is this making sense or if i no. it's, okay all right so and maybe some of you are going to become missionaries. Who knows? So this is the decision that I want to challenge you to today. It's easy to say the words. And you don't have to have it all figured out to make this decision. All you got to do is say, okay, God, I'm in. I'm in. Whatever it means. And, I, and I've, I've told you this story before. I remember it. I was in uh, Ten University, Missouri, in Kansas City. I was living at home. My parents had a house at that time that looked out across a lake. And I was there. I was up early one morning with my Bible and talking to God. And the sun had come up over the lake. And This really isn't anything to do with the story. But at, at that point, I, I still have a very clear memory of saying to God, Okay, God. Whatever. Whenever. Wherever. However. I'm in. And I haven't always lived it that way. Keep working on it. Let me show you one last thing. Let's look in verse. I think it's twenty-four. He says, but Paul says, but none of these things move me. See, this is, this is what I wanted to, to go before I talked about going all in. This is what Paul says. None of these things, the persecution, the troubles, none of that moves me. Nothing motivates me except my desire to finish this race and the ministry which God has given me. I don't count my life dear to myself. I, I, nothing is more important to me. Life itself is not more important to me than doing what God has given me to do. But here's what I, what I wanted to get to with you. I remember making that decision. I know people who have made that decision and who are working to live out. A bunch of you have done that. A bunch of you probably need to do that. But he says this, so that I may finish my race with what? What's it say? Joy. joy. Do you want joy in life? Do you want a life that's fulfilling, exciting, that matters. Satan tells us that everything else will do that. But it won't. It's only that final yielding to Christ and saying, I'm in. Whatever this means. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And we're gonna finish up here today by singing a song, hopefully of our Yielding to Christ in this. Let's pray right now. Father. I thank you that so many people. Have gone all in on your mission. And that the gospel was able to. To come to us. I thank you for that father. I thank you for your son. Doing this Lord. And oh God I pray for us as a church. that, That we individually and together. Would. Come to this place where we say, whatever, Lord, whenever, however, whatever, we're willing, we're ready, we're going all in with you on this mission. Help people here today, Father, who may be struggling with what that means in their lives. I pray they would just trust you with that. Maybe somebody here today hasn't received your son as Savior. I pray right now they would just say, okay, God, I I do believe that and I trust and receive Christ. Whatever needs to happen, Father. And I pray as we sing that you would just stir our hearts about this commitment, this yielding to you. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. It's such a privilege to be a part of what God is doing with you. So let's go out from here today, okay? Let's, let's with all these thoughts and hearts and let's go live the mission, okay? God bless you.